Good day. Welcome to the Sage and Guide podcast. I'm your host, Rashu Manthian. On the Sage and Guide podcast, we learn. We have presentations and conversations where we learn to unleash authenticity within ourselves and influence excellence in others. This morning on the Sage and Guide podcast, I have a very special guest all the way from Singapore. And he's a coach, trainer, speaker, and an educator, a former businessman, and a good friend of mine. But before I tell him anything, before I tell you anything more about him, I'll give him the chance to speak a bit about himself. Ramesh, welcome to the show. Ramesh Shadad Puri from Singapore. Thank you very much, Raju. It's a pleasure being here with you and catching up with you after so many years. Uh, yeah, so uh, I've been in the world of business and I had a chance of living and working in the US, Hong Kong, and my home country of Singapore. I live in Singapore now. Uh, I used to be part of a family business and then I moved on and uh, spent the last 15 years or so in education, corporate training and people development. And currently I work with a university where I'm involved in uh, education work, development work, as well as coaching. I'm an internal coach uh, in the organization in which I work. Right. So let's let's say the subject matter today is developing self and developing others now so ramesh uh, what is the magic behind uh developing self why and how do you do it i mean if you do it how do you do it okay i uh, we live in very interesting times uh the last few years last decade has been marked by rapid change and uh, we are we've sort of come out from the worst of the pandemic i hope but it isn't over yet. And that's been very, very disruptive. So to say that life is disruptive is perhaps an understatement. And in this uh, environment of change, uh, we have to adapt to it as well. We have to be resilient. We have to uh, see uh, where we are. We can't do things as things were done in the past. So for that, we need to be uh, sharp in what we do. And this actually is not something new. This is something that we uh, may already know of from the great work of Stephen Covey in his seven habits. Uh, His seventh habit is about sharpening the saw, about, you know, whatever other skills that you have, other attributes you may have, you must still be able to, you know, uh, be sharp in whatever you do and be prepared to move forward. For that, you need to sharpen the saw. And this is something Stephen Covey said probably 30, 40 years ago. And sharpening the saw uh, one of the elements is, of course, sharpening your mind, which means always learning, hmm. learning, unlearning, relearning, because uh, we have to be able to adapt to the new realities. And of course, the other things he spoke about in terms of sharpening the saw is about uh, your uh, physical well-being, your social, emotional well-being. And I stand with so much uh, awareness that importance of uh, emotional intelligence in the in our in our personal lives and our work lives. More so now uh, in the COVID era, uh, the post-COVID era, that people are just trying to find their own balance. So that's why we keep on developing ourselves. Yeah. And if we are leaders, yeah, uh, if we, like I said, we need to uh, you know take the first step so that we can help others and, and lead them in the mission that we are embarking on. Right. So uh, disruption or the world being disruptive all the time. Disruption has been around from times immemorial, no? And uh, individuals always strive to study philosophies and the literatures, 
And today, learning has come to the forefront of industries. It has come to the forefront of organizations, businesses. Uh, my question is that uh, how does one set himself apart or how does an organization excel, you know, become extremely self, what's the word for it, self-efficient in becoming a learner at core, whether it's an individual or an org. What are your thoughts about that, Ramesh? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting you mentioned about organization. So actually learning traditionally in the in the structured sense starts in school, right? Schooling, yeah. Yeah. education. But even uh, the education sector is in a state of flux because yeah. now we have to deal with tech. Well, technology has been there about yeah. virtual learning, but uh, COVID uh, with hybrid learning, it's taken on a different level of importance. Yeah. And, and then for to be relevant in this environment of change, even the institutions of learning have to be able to adapt to yeah. deliver the skill set, the competencies that the learners can acquire so that they're relevant in the workforce. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the workforce, I mean, you have large organizations, you have small organizations. So whatever it is, or you may be an entrepreneur, yeah. the key asset would be the people assets, the human assets. And if your uh, human assets are not optimal, they're not performing, they don't have the skill sets, or they're not given the opportunity to grow, then obviously the uh, down the line, your performance will be suboptimal. So the leading organizations, the progressive organizations know this and invest a lot of time in the mm. recruitment process, in the development process. Yeah. So training is just not in the traditional sense that, you know, attend a two-day seminar and these are the first uh, many webinars. Right, that right, right. But what can you learn from the environment around you? What can you learn from your peers? What can you learn from your supervisors and managers? So mm. the real human-to-human -human contact where learning takes place I think that is very, very important. Beyond the formal structured curriculum training, it's mm -hmm. also the learning in the workplace with others, through others. Right. So as an individual, Ramesh, uh, you yourself, you have uh, swapped careers and you move from one place to another in life very progressively. And on the personal level, also, you've learned a lot. No? What has been your personal strategy to stay on top of learning. That means, you know, not lag behind, but always stay on the cutting edge of picking up new things and uh, kind of evolving yourself. What has been your personal strategy, Ramesh? Um, I guess I'm a curious person. So, uh, you know, I mean, I enjoy reading. Uh, and I enjoy watching whatever, whether it's for leisure or whether it's watching for learning the videos and documentaries and films. So I guess I've always been curious so I guess in that sense, uh, that in a way has been a nice segue to uh, being in the education and training field. So I'm aware of what's going on. And like I said, because of my training background, I do a lot. I've been involved in a lot of curriculum development. Work. So for which I have to draw on the uh, practical experience I have, plus the literature that I read. So uh, so that's one part of it. And I guess also because I'm also, uh, I, can, I can do it in the comfort of my home or my library. But then I have to sort of deliver it uh, with trainees and learners. So I've had the benefit of, you know, being uh, able to do the whole process of the, you know, development as well. And of course, and like I said, so reading is good, but I think you can learn a lot from meeting people. So social engagement, professional networking, communities of practice. Mm -hmm. So that's been very helpful as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know, again, so I wasn't a coach before. I went for my coach training uh, five, six years ago. Mm. That sort of gave me a leg up as well to understand mm. that what coaching is. It complements my capabilities as an educator and as a trainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if I can't go for the, you know, uh, membership meetings, uh, I mean, now things are back to face-to-face. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of webinar opportunities and all that. So those are all good opportunities to learn and network. And there are no uh, geographic barriers, maybe time barriers, but you just have to wake up at odd hours sometimes to listen to a speaker from a different part of the world. But yeah. so that's always been a, very, a lot of opportunities to actually keep on learning and through interaction and, right. uh, and be willing to uh, open yourself up to uh, exploring. Mm-hmm. So organizations uh, like you, I mean, you mentioned curiosity and you mentioned networking and you mentioned studying, reading consistently on your own and filling your, filling your gaps, you know, learning need gaps. No? How about organizations? Are, how does, let's say, an organization of a thousand people, no? what can the leaders or those who are the stakeholders, how do they make it a learning organization? What kind of tips would you give them as an educator and a curriculum designer? that they keep their company on a cutting edge of learning and they're constantly evolving, flipping around, being agile. What are your tips on that? How do you structure it and how do you systemize it? I think culture is something that has to pervade throughout the organization and it starts at the top. Right. So I think it's important for leaders to, uh, you know, be role models and, you know, set the example and walk the talk. And, uh, on, and one good example would be that of Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, uh, Satya Nadella has been there for eight years now. Yeah. And he's transformed the organization. It was a huge organization, so it's even a bigger organization today. But the culture and the mentality, the mindset is, uh, has uh, transformed quite significantly. And uh, I had a privilege of uh, watching his video that was released from his uh, uh, World Economic Forum Davos uh, session just a couple of weeks ago where he actually was asked and he actually explained what uh, what has changed and where Microsoft is heading and basically the leadership model for the you know for the top and the uh, mid-tier managers is based on very three simple ideas and it's called model coach care model coach and care care yes so there are three attributes where you will if you look at those words these are actually action words they are verbs yeah. Model, coach, and care. Right. And and uh, and this is something that he spoke about, and a lot of literature has been written about this as well. Right. So start role modeling starts at the top, so from the yeah. C suite, then it per- per- pervades throughout the organization. Yeah. So if you role, if you if you say that this is the way to go, then you have to model the way. Right. And then of course, and the way to uh, inspire your people to lead them. Wow. And there's many ways of learning, but obviously the fact that coaching is there. So if we coaching, a bit of instructing, a bit of mentoring, you know, that, that, you know, don't have to get into that kind of semantics, but the whole idea of coaching culture, learning, learning in the workplace, learning from peers, learning from your superiors. You can even learn from your juniors, you know, reverse coaching. That right. things that younger folks know better than them. folks a little older, especially mm. when it comes to technology mm. stuff. But the mm. fact that you have this kind of a culture and then caring, caring, uh, in the sense that you care for the people who are with you, who are under you, to nurture right. their spirits and to nurture them to be the best versions of themselves. And I right. think today, care has a different dimension as well, given the kind of uh, uh, you know post-pandemic environment or the pandemic environment we are in yeah. right now. Care means holistic yeah. care, mental yeah. well-being, so on and so forth. 
Yeah. So I mean, this is one example. I'm just, I'm sure there are other comp- uh, organizations uh, out as well, and not just the uh, U.S. giants, but around the world mm. that we can inspiration from. But what is interesting is that this leadership model, men, model, uh, coach, and care. Mm. The underlying idea behind it is a very simple one, and that idea of philosophy is that of growth mindset. Mm. So I think all of us are familiar with growth mindset, right? Well, yeah. But then, the mentality to be open, willing to learn, learn from your mistakes, willing to try. Yeah. This is something that actually this this idea or this research comes from Carol Dweck, who did who got this insight from actually observing students. But this whole idea of growth mindset has pretty much come into uh, the corporate world and uh, it's been around for the last twenty years, so it's nothing new. Mm. But it is this whole idea of willing to uh, cultivate a growth mindset that now it becomes a culture of the organization. Yeah. That enables organizations to uh, uh, not only survive but thrive. And mm. uh, I mean, the last thing, sir. I mean, so like I said, so it's not just something that individuals need to uh, encompass the growth mindset, but even at the corporate level, it can be part of the culture. Which means mm. the leaders have to encourage risk taking, openness, and I think very important is psychological safety, the willingness for people to come forth and right. uh, be willing to own up, take accountability. So this actually yeah. goes back actually to a broader idea of whole uh, idea of uh, uh, the coaching culture, uh, yeah. you know, whatever in you know in a very broad sense. Yeah, 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 amazing. I like that model. It sounds very nice. You know, the three worlds model, coach and care, and of course, model is translated like the leader should walk his talk. Yeah, right? correct. If, because if he can't walk his talk, there's anything he says. Or anything that he puts down will not be followed because people will look at his actions and behavior rather than uh, the words that come out of his mouth. And coach, of course, is to get down to the level of the coachee or the learner and then see that they uncover their potential and unleash it. And care is nice. And you said about caring or being kind in a holistic way. You know, what went through my mind, Ramesh, is that someone who gives a damn, forgive my French, but you gave a damn. That means if things are working or not working, you care as in you want to step out of your comfort zone and skin to correct that situation. That is beautiful. I love that. No, So that's Satya Nadella's technique. That's what I heard from his mouth. So, uh, yeah, apparently he's uh, delivered a lot in the years he's been there as a right. CEO. Right, right. Amazing. Right. I think this can be applied to anything. I mean, that doesn't have to be an organization as huge as Microsoft, it could be a corner store with 10 employees. You know, I can tell a, you, it can be a, it's a very good parenting model as well, especially <laughs> if we have teenage kids and adult, we are young adults. You right. take a coaching approach, even I talk casually, right? I mean, right. Uh, socially with uh, my fellow coaches and friends. Right. The, the approach to pa- uh, parenting today is coaching. Uh, you, you, you try the trick of what our parents did to us, the my way or the highway. It's a parent that's going to be a highway today, not a kid. <laughs> Control and compliance, you know, do this or else. So, Ramesh, let's let's move. I I understand now about you saying developing self and developing self-organizations, which is like Microsoft's a great example. How about now that you mentioned coaching, coaching be the key practice today. Uh, so when you as a leader, I as a leader, when I want to step down from my post and my designation, come down, and I want to work and I want to unleash and tap potential, tell me about coaching from that perspective. 
the way you described it uh, suggests to me a couple of things, authenticity and humility. So while you may hold a position that you occupy yeah. uh, at whatever level, people yeah. will give you that respect. But uh, will people respect you in the sense that have you earned it? So and I think when you are in a position of uh, authority, you have to come down to meet your people. No? Uh, and people must feel that, that they can approach you or that you are uh, or they can at least uh, that you are receptive to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. So, 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 uh, so, like authenticity is very important. I mean, it's mm-hmm. such a simple word, but actually, yeah. uh, but to actually, a lot of these words are not that difficult for us to understand, but yeah. they're not that easy to practice. Yeah, and that is why uh, when you think about uh, you know the great leaders uh, in whether in political life or business, uh, how many of them have really been authentic? How many, how many of them have been human? Uh, have displayed humility and uh, you know maybe not everyone can have all those attributes and maybe in certain roles let's say you're a military commander and you fight a battle you have to you know be the alpha male but at the time but at the appropriate time but even in the military for that matter once out of the battlefield when you're back back in base camp are you uh, there for the people and the people can they relate to you so i think it applies to whatever situation as as it is i was just again sort of like tongue-in-cheek talking about parenting i think as a parent you need to also uh draw boundaries if you want to raise disciplined kids but at the same time can you empathize with your children can you understand them and yeah. growing up today is much more complex than it was in uh, when we were growing up uh, so i think uh, it's also incumbent upon us in whatever role we play mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, you know receptive to others be willing to listen uh, and then genuinely listen. So again, one of the key skills of coaching is uh, active listening and genuinely listening, right? For what is said, even what is not said is something that you can pick up if you uh, pay attention to the person you're with. Would you would you be able to share a story from your personal life where uh, you were able to develop, like, you know, bring the best out of either an individual or a team? Is there something in your resume that you would like to talk about through your journey as a coach and a educator? Uh, generally, I've, I mean, for people who, con- who come in touch with me, uh, either as a coach or, uh, you know, like family, friends and, you know, in any situations. So, I mean, sometimes people approach you for advice and there's the time and place for advice. But now that I know I'm a coach, I'm not supposed to just dish out ready-made answers because that's not very helpful. You want to help the person help themselves, right? So yeah. help the person to fish rather than give the fish uh, to the person, and then the person is dependent on you. So, uh, so when I'm approached and 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 it's something that I'm able to, I feel I can help. I do come forward and you know give my time, and maybe things like uh, uh, I guess young adults or even parents, uh, you know, figuring out what should they do for their kids. I mean, for example, a kid's not able to figure out. Uh, what do I do now that I'm going to graduate? Should I go to university? Should I, uh, you know, work first? Uh, where should I go and what should I do? So some uh, kids are very sure and very self-confident. Mm-hmm. And that, that's good to know. So when mm-hmm. you have conversations like that, uh, in a way, you know that they're going the right direction and, uh, and, and, and you wish them well. And then you always tell the parents, don't worry. Sometimes parents are the ones who are more worried than the kids. And then there's certain, some who need more hand-holding, uh, more yeah. TLC, tender loving care. Yeah. And then you help, uh, you help in whatever way you can. Uh, then in other cases, in my previous line of work, I was heading a department where I was uh, in charge of uh, uh, the training, uh, managing the whole uh, training uh, pro- programs and 
uh, you know, develop, uh, driving new uh, uh, agenda for training and all that. So I had staff, you know, were thinking whether they should leave the organization and is it the appropriate time to leave and uh, for career transition. And I mean, you listen to the person and here's a person with the person leaves going to give you the, uh, the resignation letter. But for whatever circumstances, if that was the best outcome, then uh, you would be able to have a conversation as mm. objectively as possible and wish the person well. Mm-hmm. So be it. There were junior people saying that, look, I, you know, I'm just doing admin work, but I like to be a trainer one day and I'm uh, doing all the support work. And one day I would like to do what uh, you are doing or what, you know, the other people are hired to do. I said, mm. please, by all means, uh, you know, I'll support your application to HR if you want to go for a training course. So mm. development, uh, you know, ins- uh, guide people, inspire people, coach people to be the best versions of themselves. Mm. And the fact that they approach you and trust you means that, uh, you know, that you're worthy of the trust. Uh, and therefore, uh, you want to help them best way possible. And I think most important is that they should make the decision themselves. Right, right. But they come from the position where they've thought of all possibilities or whatever considerations which they may not have before talking to you. And yeah. then, of course, uh, you know, it's for them to um, uh, take the next step forward. Yeah, I always found that very interesting. You know, whenever I get to work with people and there are times that people want to grow. And my first question is like, you know, sometimes they're also referred, no? I, I try to figure out how strong is their intention to become different or become improve. And I, I might, it's a bias. I would go for someone who is highly intensified, this intense of doing something. It's not that it makes my job easy, but then I at least trust the fact that if I work with them, they'll end up in the direction of their choice. Yeah, yes, agree. Okay, Ramesh, uh, now you, you have worked, uh, I mean, born and raised in Singapore, but you have worked in both parts of the world today, no? How is uh, this ability, this leadership ability to build self and build others different in Singapore? I mean, what makes Singapore such a fabulous place for learning and growing? So Singapore, a uh, small island, uh, rich history. But we always get told that, you know, we, uh, we are very vulnerable because we've had uh, our history as well, right? Since uh, British colonial times and then the Japanese occupation and so on and so forth. So Singapore's got a very uh, interesting history. But as an independent country, it's uh, in just over 50 years, actually, 1965. So we are vulnerable. And we live in very interesting times because we've got a lot of activity happening in this part of the world. and. Uh, there's a lot of interest and Singapore being a cosmopolitan global city that's that's actually is pretty much a very western city that's in the heart of Asia so yeah. it's always been a part of best of both worlds but one reason one thing that's been clear is that you know our main resource is really our people mm. so so the human capital thing again so yeah. so I guess uh, you know if you want to have big factories and big manufacturing then yeah. Singapore's not a place to be yeah. So Singapore, I think over time, evolved to a service uh, economy. And yeah. part of the service economy is, uh, you know, uh, being able to equip the people to take up jobs that are, you know, in higher value added industries, the service sector. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, so, so education has always been important and the government has always funded education quite generously. Right. And even then we have some private universities from uh, overseas that base themselves in Singapore. 
So, so education, I think, uh, and people development, and not just the people development by extension, organizational development, I think, is very much part of the agenda at uh, you know at many levels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of so, Singapore is very attractive because I mean, even a lot of people come here and for the education or at least for some exposure because the best of the east and west. Right. Uh, in some ways, it's also limiting because uh, because Singapore is Asian and sometimes the Singapore regulations and freedoms are in some ways uh, more limited. You not mm. can't always say what you want. But if you're willing to uh, accept those parameters and mm. accept the fact that uh, you are pretty much uh, left your own devices to do whatever you want to do, then I think it's for you to figure out uh, you know what are the best opportunities that you can find. Exactly. And many people, I guess, by virtue of, I guess, uh, you know, often younger people get more opportunities to travel today. So even the universities uh, in Singapore, even uh, and other organizations have exchange programs. So there's a lot of fluidity where people get a chance mm. to travel, whether yeah. they spend overtime overseas for extended periods of time or for short periods of time. And Singapore, yeah. like I said, it's always been open in terms of uh, traffic flows and uh, you know, yeah. for people to come and spend time and learn here as well. And I think that's really important because you have a lot of multinationals here in the yeah. high-end manufacturing as well as service sector. Yeah. And this sort of uh, human exchange uh, of people and interaction, I think, uh, makes Singapore the kind of city that it is. Yeah, so yeah. There's, no, there's no longer a lack of opportunity for learning in whatever way or form or shape that uh, yeah. imagine. My son just moved out of Singapore last year. He moved to uh, Silicon Valley and it's been seven months and he says he wants to come back to Singapore. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he prefers uh, Singapore way over the U.S. Uh, culture while well, the rest of the world goes out to the U.S. because of opportunities. So that's the amazing thing. Okay. Hey, Ramesh, so um, your advice to people like you and I who might just be getting into this uh, journey, this niche, this passion that you and I have about building self and building others, what would be your tips to them? How would you have them fast track and go deeper into this philosophy, this service to the world? What are your thoughts, Ramesh? Well, life is a journey, not a destination. So what kind of journey do you want it to be? Uh, it's one where you can, uh, you know, meet interesting people, uh, learn about interesting things. And like, it's not just by reading. Today, there's so many other ways of doing right, it. Right, right. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, all of us are watching webinars and listening to podcasts. So that's one good way of learning as well. I was listening to someone's webinar the other day. Apparently, she's a guru in her own field. Yeah. She says uh, she, she has, and, she, and I think one of the, at, the, at, the, at that point of introduction by the host, one fun fact about her was that she reads like two, three hundred books a year. And the she way does. she does it apparently is that if she's reading a book about, uh, I think she comes from a business management background. If she's reading, if she's, if she's, she wants to cover a business management topic, she actually reads a physical book. Yeah. If she wants to just read biographies or she wants to catch up with biographies, she just listens to audio, audio books. And then right. if she wants to do leisurely reading, uh, she just uh, picks up a Kindle. So I was actually thinking about, I don't read 300 books a year. If I can yeah, get by. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought that'd be a good way of dividing it, right? So you pick yeah. something up for other people. So yeah. I think, so listening to podcasts, uh, you know, having conversations like the chat we're having right now. Right. Now that we can meet uh, people face to face, now that the events are coming back online. And uh, again, of course, Zoom is there. We all are Zoombies now, as I use the word. 
uh, you know, for better for worse. Please. <laughs> so because we've been attending Zoom calls at odd hours, right? So I mean, there, all these channels are there, and uh, I think we should just uh, leverage on them and and you know form uh, friendships and join communities where we right, can right. one another. Keep uh, networking, keep moving. Yes. Right, yeah. Ramesh. Thanks. Uh, this has been a very good interview. I enjoyed uh, conversing with you about building self and building others. Any final words for our listeners before we say adios to them? So uh, thank you for this opportunity. This is my first podcast. I talk a lot uh, in different formats, but this is my first podcast. So thank you for bringing me to the podcast world. And I wish everyone uh, all the best as we uh, hopefully come to the Hope, uh, the part of the of our pandemic that hopefully is tapering off and life gets gets back to all of uh, being normal for all of you in whatever way and mm-hmm. I already know some people are traveling I may be planning a trip so uh, you know uh, be well and stay safe take care okay okay are you sure about it becoming normal again because you we started off by saying this is a disruptive world it'll never become normal well I think the state of mind right whatever normal or normal is or isn't so whatever works for you All righty. We close on that. Thank you very much for being on this show the Sage and Guide Ramesh and I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast. It's also possible that I might post this as a video on YouTube but I'm not sure yet. I'm just working on the lights and camera stuff yet. Okay, thank you. So, maraming salamat in the Philippines and then good luck in your journey and may you keep changing the world one person one organization at a time. Ramesh, good luck and hope to see you soon. Thank you. There you go ladies and gentlemen that was Ramesh Adatpuri from Singapore and this has been your podcast the Sajin guide and I'm your host Rashu Mandian until next time adios and mabuhay There you go I hope you enjoyed the Sajin guide podcast and if it was helpful to you the most helpful thing you can do is leave a review below and then like and share it with your friends Your reviews and your sharing will keep this podcast alive and going. It has been a pleasure talking to you. My name is Raju Mandian. I'm a speaker trainer coach based in the Philippines. And if you ever need my services, please look me up at www.mandian.com. I'm also available on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Other than that, adios and mabuhay.